We're on the road. Where transportation goes, community grows. Welcome to On the Road with the MTA. And welcome to another exciting edition of On the Road with the MTA, episode number 41. I'm Jay, wow. along with Stephanie Kay from the MTA. How's Stephanie? <laughs> I am well, Jay. Thank you so much. Wow, 41 episodes we've done already? Isn't that fantastic? It really is. And it's been fun. We've met some great people, which I love. And we find things in the community that might be free or very beneficial or something fun. And we always like to bring it to you every week. So it's worth listening to each and every week because you might find something that's going to be beneficial and help you. Absolutely. And today we found somebody. It was very interesting because we just talked for a good 20 minutes before we got recording <laughs> yep. about radio because we've all done radio together. Well, that together, we've all done radio separately. Yep. So we understand that. And this gentleman has been pretty interesting because he grew up in the Durand area, but currently resides in Owasso. He's done everything. He has been local radio in Owasso, many organizations throughout the years. And he is now the executive director of Michigan Public Transit Association. He has done that since 1999, the year I got into radio, actually. There you go. Something more in common. Yeah. Yes, his name sounds like a like a superhero or a celebrity. It's Clark Harder, kind of like Clark Kent. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Clark Harder. Harder to find anybody else who's more involved in their community than this man. So, Clark, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very happy to join you and, and talk a little bit about the MPTA. But after that introduction, I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We all do. But i got to ask you, of all the things you've done, legislation, you've done, I know you've done theater as well, because I talked to Ed Benning, and he knows you quite well. And you've done radio. What's the most fun you ever had? Oh, hands down, radio was the most fun job yeah. I've ever been involved in. Radio, you know, back in the days when I was in radio, which was 73 to 85, it was so uh, it, it was so creative. You could do so many really fun things. And you know what? The other thing I loved about radio, and, and you will both understand this, the listeners may not, uh, every day at the end of my shift, it was a clean slate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, you, right. You, you, you you go through your logs, you do your show, you you play the commercials, you you, know, you do the entertainment part, and uh, you know, in 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 my day there would be a slate of commercials to record, and they had to go on the air, some of them immediately or or the next day. So you know you you would do all of those, and okay, end of shift. My work is done, clean slate, go home, come back the next day, start over. I have not found another uh, job since then where that's the case. Everything I've done since, it's it's been like the end of the, the work day. Oh, there's all this stuff that carries over to the next day and the day after that it's and true. the day after that. Yeah. And there's just a sense that... I never really complete things anymore. That is true. I know. You're right about that. That, And you know what? It's fun. It doesn't pay so well, but it's fun to be in radio. And I like that I could bring local people in. And I yep. can find out, like, maybe at the Girl Scout troops, the Boy Scout troops. You never know what might spark somebody's attention or interest to be in that profession yep. later on. And we've Absolutely. lost that. We've no. lost all that localness. Now it's all recorded from a different state or something. Yep. It's a yeah, shame. Local radio just doesn't, local local media really of any kind just doesn't exist the way it used to, except for things like this right. podcast. Yeah. The podcast, which we really appreciate doing that. I know Ed Benning saw the interest in this and the uh, benefits from it. And he is our CEO of MTA, Mass Transportation Authority. And Jay already had his very own yeah. podcast. What's yours called, Jay? It's called Veg Talk Radio. 
It's all about vegetables and eating healthy. <laughs> well, well, it's about eating healthy. Yes, it's about a vegan lifestyle, plant-based uh, lifestyle. Well, good yes. to know. Well, yeah. see, that's all beneficial and helpful to listen to that. <laughs> and I know, Clark, you have been the um, executive director of Michigan Public Transit Association since 1999. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? I know the initials are yeah. MPTA, but what is that and how can people benefit from that? Sure, sure. Delighted to. Um, I'm actually the second executive director in the history of the MPTA. Hmm. Um, the person who was my predecessor uh, was actually one of the founders of the association, and it was founded back in 1977. Um, to understand why there is a Michigan Public Transit Association, you have to know a little bit about public transportation in Michigan. It began really in the mid-70s. Um, prior to that, we had a few local city-owned operated bus systems, and many of them were going under um, financially, and some, some uh, had, had gone out of existence during that time. In the mid-70s, the Michigan Department of Transportation, which in those days was called the Michigan Highway Department, changed dramatically and it became the Michigan Department of Transportation with jurisdiction over uh, lots of things besides state highways, including public transportation agencies, uh, rail, Amtrak service uh, in Michigan, uh, freight rail services in Michigan. So it, it was evolving. And as it evolved, um, there was a, a mandate from the legislature for MDOT to work with any community in the state that wanted to, to have public transportation. So what was happening in the 70s is that a lot of, of rural transit agencies sprang up. Um, and a good number of those urban systems also um, either reformed or expanded their services during that period. Well, the first thing that happened then with the people who were involved in, in those transit agencies is they realized um, we need to have an advocacy arm. We need to have some sort of, of a trade association that uh, is Lansing-based that can represent us with the state legislature, advocate for funding for us uh, with both the state and the federal government. And so that really was, was how the Michigan Public Transit Association was formed. And actually, back in 1977, the then CEO of what we now call the MTA in Flint um, was one of the three founders of the State Transit Association. Uh, long, long since uh, uh, gone, uh, he passed away years ago, uh, but he was a gentleman named Bill Blue back in those days. Maybe some of the folks listening may recall him. Um, and he was really uh, instrumental along with uh, my predecessor who became the executive director of the association, who was um, a gentleman uh, by the name of um, Jim uh, Dunn. And um, Jim was an attorney uh, in the Lansing area. And, and then the third person who was uh, instrumental was uh, with the then, uh, it was called SEMTA, Southeast Michigan Transportation Authority. Today, that same organization is called SMART. 
the Suburban Mobility Authority for Regional Transportation out of the D Metro Detroit area. But at that time, it was Dan Morrill who was um, uh, involved with SEMTA. And today, Dan Morrill, Dan Morrill left SEMTA not long after the association was formed. And he formed his own company, uh, which is Midwest Bus Rebuilders, based out of my hometown of Owasso. And, um, and so uh, Dan is, is, is still on the scene, still involved uh, on the business side of public transportation. So that's why we were formed. That's when we were formed. And it was to be primarily an advocacy group. That has really changed over the years. We still do a lot of, of advocacy with state government, state agencies, the Department of Transportation, obviously, but also with other state departments and uh, with the legislature and the governor. And the other thing that we do even more today uh, is we do a lot of the training programs and oversee a lot of the training that's put on for transit employees. Uh, as an example, we, we do two or three uh, conferences during the year that are geared primarily to transit managers and administrative staff. We do a very popular uh, program uh, once a year uh, in June, which is for uh, technicians, mechanics, uh, which helps to train them. And, and we, do, um, we do some of these trainings in conjunction with MDOT, and then some of them we, we do um, solely on our own. Uh, others we, we do in conjunction with one of the national uh, transportation associations. Uh, there are two national uh, organizations. Uh, one that primarily works with the smaller rural type uh, transit agencies and another one that works with the, the uh, small urban and, and large urban agencies. So that in a nutshell, that's who we are. It's what we do. Um, uh, as some of your listeners may know, uh, I served in the legislature in the 1990s. I came out in uh, the first group of term limited legislators at the end of 1998. I was still a relatively young man then. Uh, and I was in, in need of employment, and um, I began doing uh, some independent consulting work, primarily in the transportation field, and out of that, about a year later, went to work, um, accepted a position with the MPTA as their executive director, and, and have been doing that ever since, and I, I love transit, I love transit people, uh, and, and I love the work they do, uh, it's, it's so vital to serving people who, in most cases, have no other uh, means of transportation to food and, and medical and and uh, uh, entertainment opportunities and, you know, everything we haven't been able to do for the last year under COVID. Sure. No, I agree. And you and I seem to have the same background because I was in radio as well. I started in 1999 when you started being the executive director. I worked with CK105.5, Mike and Stephanie in the morning. I had the... Um, pleasure of introducing and interviewing um, Ed Benning, our CEO. And when I found out what MTA does for people, it was amazing that they help people. Like you said, they can't get to maybe church or to the doctor's office. Four million people each year miss doctor's appointments because of transportation. Wow, and that's that much? Yeah, I know. And it's like 40 to 70% of, of people miss their appointments because of transportation. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? And they're still charged sometimes that doctor's office for that call if they can't get there. And they don't want to call their neighbors or their children. They don't want to bother them. So they just have to cancel those appointments. And that's why rides to wellness is wonderful. They can get you there within 30 minutes. Your ride will pick you up if you call them the day before. So 
I'm just so grateful for what um, MTA does, Mass Transportation Authority, and that's why I'm so happy to work for them here. Now, if somebody does use our services, they might think, okay, I, I ride MTA, so how does MPTA help MTA? Like, how do they work together? So can you tell us in a nutshell how they, if somebody's listening right now, they might think what we do for each other, how that works? Yeah, let me give you an example uh, that I think is a great one, Stephanie. Uh, This ties in directly to what you just talked about, rides to wellness. The rides to wellness concept was something that the Michigan Public Transit Association began studying um, back almost, well, gosh, 2010, 2011, when we first started um, looking at how public transit agencies could be much more relevant and uh, much more timely in helping people get to their medical appointments. And out of that, we created um, a, a separate spin-off. We're, we, uh, MPTA, we're a nonprofit uh, organization. We created a separate organization as a nonprofit to uh, help coordinate public transportation and private transportation providers under an umbrella to help people get to their appointments. And we called that Rides to Wellness. So that that whole program, which has been hugely successful in Flint and Genesee County, actually began as a study by the MPTA. Flint ran with the idea. Ed Benning grasped the concept like no other, and and he really went full steam ahead. He he actually surpassed what we were creating and doing on a statewide basis uh, initially. And now we've we've sort of played catch up. And but we um, through the Michigan Transportation Connection, which was the spinoff organization, we are um, now helping to replicate the rides to wellness concept. Um, all across the state of Michigan, we've we've been involved in a ten-county uh, area of of Mid Michigan, just a little bit north of Genesee County, uh, tying in with Stars and Saginaw, working with them closely over into the Thumb, um, as far north as Clare, Gladwin counties, um, and and then as far west as Cadillac, Wexford, that area. Um, and then over the past year and a half, we have been supported by grant funding from the Superior Health Foundation, and we have been building a program that we call Connect UP Rides to Wellness over the 15-county wide, and I do mean wide, uh, Upper Peninsula. And that was an area where, uh, frankly, there, there were just tremendous needs Um, And uh, even though we have 10 public transit agencies in the Upper Peninsula, uh, most of them being county agencies, a couple of them just uh, service just cities, uh, you know, even though we had those, we still had great, great gaps, transportation deserts, I I, I refer to them, uh, where people just, there were no options. They couldn't, they couldn't get where they needed to go. Mm -hmm. They couldn't get to the medical. So Superior Foundation, identified this as a critical problem and and put out a request for proposals and we ended up responding through um through our sister organization the mtc and and so we have been we were selected and we've been up there putting this program together and it is just working phenomenally well and it brings together 
public transit providers, private transportation companies. There aren't many of those in the Upper Peninsula, but there are a few. And um, because of the way that we are structured and the grant funding we have available to us, we're able to allow those transit agencies that previously could only operate maybe in their county or their city, because that's where their their uh, millage support came from, from their voters. Um, now we're able to assist them with funding to be able to go across county lines. We've been able to move people uh, uh, from uh, the west end of the Upper Peninsula, uh, where a lot of uh, their uh, their uh, service needs to go down into the state of Wisconsin for specialized treatments. You know, non-emergency, but but definitely a more specialized uh, type of, of medical uh, treatment. And previously, if the people didn't have access to their own private car, and many of them didn't, they couldn't get that, that service. So we've gone across state lines, um, working with the uh, county transit agency in, in Gogebic County in the Ironwood area. We've even done one transport, transport uh, uh, that went from from uh, the west end of the Upper Peninsula, we utilized two of our transit agencies. It, we took the person who needed to get to Kalamazoo, we took them across the UP, and they handed off to uh, the Eastern Upper Peninsula Transit Agency, and they then transported down to Kalamazoo so that person could get their, their specialized treatment they needed. Um, I mean, those, those are just, they're heartwarming yes. stories. When, when you're able to do that, but it also points out how public transportation needs to be more flexible. We need the kind of flexibility that comes out of the rides to wellness program that that uh, that your boss, Ed Benning, at the MTA has, has really championed. He really um, has. I'm so proud here of in Michigan, but, I mean, around the country, people I, yeah. will recognize the, the program and they recognize Ed and, and, and Harmony Lloyd at the MTA mm-hmm. as the face of that program. And they're asked to, you know, to go and speak all over the country about how successful it has been. And so that's a program that originally came out of a, a study committee of the Michigan Public Transit Association. Well, you can be very proud of this. It was just voted the number one medical transportation by a public agency in the country from right here in this area. Yep. So that is pretty impressive. I know, yay! yay. <laughs> I know Washington, I've heard them call Ed and say, you know, can you come and give us your model? How are you doing this? And my gosh, that's so successful. Can you share your ideas with us? And he does. He goes and talks to Washington quite a bit. So I'm very proud of everything that's happened and it stems from you. I know 1971 is when I think uh, the MTA buses first started on the roads here in Flint. So we're going to be having a 50th plus one, since we couldn't do it last year because of COVID, a 50th plus one gala. And it's going to be uh, very nice celebrations. And we'd like for you to be part of that as well. We invite you to be part of that because I think you should be out there about how transportation has changed so much and always improving to help people's lives. And I, I just am so proud of everything that's been happening. Yeah, absolutely. I will, I will very much enjoy. Uh, I, I always enjoy attending uh, these types of events anywhere in the state. And this year, it seems like a lot of agencies are hitting their, their uh, uh, 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because a lot of transits got, as I said earlier, they got started in the mid seventies yeah. uh, when, when there was a, a real push on by the state of Michigan um, to create transit 
wherever people really wanted to have it. And, you know, the other thing that, that uh, I find very rewarding is, is one of the things we do, of course, is we track all of the transit millage elections in the state. And, you know, they win by overwhelming margins, 60 percentile, 70 percentile. We have even had some transit millages pass by over 90 percent because people realize how really incredibly necessary public transportation is in this state. Not all states are created equal in terms of public no. transport. And I've had people tell me, oh, my gosh, I really wish we had something like this in our area where they lived. I know my girlfriend's lived in the, um, I think she was in, from California. She was someplace, a little smaller area than California. But she said they didn't have public transportation where she was, and she just couldn't get around. And her father's in uh, North Dakota or someplace. They, they, he has nothing. There's nothing for them. Right here, the veterans have six free, free rides a month through the Rides to Wellness for anything health and wellness. So they should take advantage of that. And their their widows can also take advantage of that and have six free rides or their wives. So that's 12 per household if they're still married. So that's just wonderful programs. And when I was interviewing Ed on the air, my father was diagnosed with cancer. And I kind of freaked out because I thought I can't get him to his chemo treatments. I'm on the air. And I can't leave dead air. And Ed told me about the Your Ride, where they'd pick my father up from his home and take him to his chemo treatment for $2.25. You can't get a taxi for that. You can't, and that yet they were personal, and the drivers are so well trained. They know how to help with a wheelchair, or with a walker, or if somebody might be legally blind. And they're just amazing people, and they really care. So we can be so proud of the people that work here. As a matter of fact, we're hiring right now. <laughs> we're always hiring drivers, but we're looking for also an administrative assistant. We're looking for oh, a purchasing agent. So there's so many different jobs available for the in the in this industry, and drivers are always needed. Rather, you want to drive a big bus and make some big money, or the cars or the SUVs, there's something for everyone. And you can visit our website. It is mtaflint.org. That's www, of course, mtaflint.org. And just look under the jobs, and you can see all the different job opportunities and careers, and you can apply right online. Don't even have to leave your own home. So just check it out. It's mtaflint.org. Public transportation drives the Michigan economy. There you go. It does. It does. It truly does. And I love something Ed had said. He said, today you might be driving, tomorrow you might be riding. So That's right. I know. That's right. I I need to share one other story, Stephanie, that that I think really drives that point home. A few years ago, um, we had a chairman of uh, our transportation subcommittee in the Michigan House of Representatives, and he was kind of lukewarm towards public transportation, lukewarm in his support. And then one day, um, unfortunately for him, he fell down a flight of stairs and he fractured his foot and he he could not drive. Mm. Now he lived fairly near Lansing uh, and he discovered the public transit agency in his county had service that went across the county line and could take him right to the Michigan State Capitol building every day. Well, he suddenly became one of our strongest supporters. (laughs) I bet he did. You know, one day he didn't need it. And the next day he realized what a valuable service it is. And, you know, I've shared that story over the years. Um, It's uh, one one of our agencies in their their uh, millage campaigns. They they use the, the the slogan or the theme that it's it's just good to know it's there when you need it. Absolutely, you never know when you might need it. Like he said, today you're driving, tomorrow you might be riding. You might have that accident. You just don't right. know. Yep. 
And you know, a lot of people, you'll see these big buses and think, oh, people just don't have a car. They can't afford a car. That's why they're in the bus. That's not the case at all. There have been so many different situations, like the Great Lakes Crossing uh, Mall. That's a beautiful building. It was built, and no one wanted to work in that area. It was going to close. They said, we can't even open this mall. And Ed and other people got together and thought, why can't we take one of our buses and make it a regional bus and take people from Genesee County who need jobs, take them to the Great Lakes Crossing where they need workers and have that be a win-win. And people were a little against that, saying, why take jobs away from our area here? And he's like, well, you can't find the jobs. We're trying to give you jobs. It brings back $180 million a year from people working at the Great Lakes Crossing. There's also a shop like that over, a big um, industry over in um, Livingston County, and there's one in Howell. So these buses take people back and forth, bringing back the money to Genesee County and giving them money to feed their families. So it's a win-win all the way around. And people take the cars and the SUVs to work or to the grocery store or to medical so like you said if they didn't have that transportation they might not have a job so i'm just there's so many wonderful things that mta and mpta do together that just make lives so much easier for people so much better it betters the lives of many absolutely uh and and we see you know we see uh, examples of that all across the state as well um and um transit agencies for many years sort of operated in silos and each one doing their own thing. And one of the things that we've really pushed hard for over the last few years, the last decade or so that I've been with the state association is let's break down those, those barriers. They're artificial barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the funding can be lined up, there's no reason a transit agency can't, you know, can't cross jurisdictional lines and work together. Most transit agencies have what we refer to as interlocal agreements. That basically just means they can go into each other's service area. Um, you know, the, the, these these agreements already in place, so they're they're prearranged. So you know, another good example of of the same thing you were talking about is the the Stars system in Saginaw and Huron County Transportation. They've teamed up. They work cooperatively between their two counties and of course they go through a couple of other counties in the process um but there's a steel mill out in the uh huron transportation service area that has employees in the saginaw area and they needed ways to get those employees over so the company the steel company has been willing to put funding behind the transportation and the two agencies work together to get the job done to get those people to the jobs where they need to be um, and um, it, it's just a win-win all the way around for for everybody involved. And you know, I could I could give you all kinds of examples from oh, around. Oh, so I know so many of them. And I'm just I'm hoping that people never have to use it. But like you said, it's great to know it is there if they have if they need to. And some of the people, like Ashley Seymour, is a little girl who was born totally blind, and um, MTA gave her a job, and she's now making survey calls and she's helping us here because she's using the services and she said it it saved her life because it got her a different therapy that she was going through because she became very depressed and suicidal and these this therapy saved her life and then she could go take the rides to volunteer and now she can take the ride for free back and forth to work because when she worked for mta you get the free rides from us as well so it's all it's pretty impressive and i'm just so grateful that you joined us today, Clark. And I know that you've done the radio, you've done the, the transportation. And I, I'm going to take us out here with just sharing a little bit of your voices with us. I want to hear your Santa Claus voice and I want to hear your your Easter Bunny voice. <laughs> Give us one sentence with each one of them. Well, keeping in mind that I haven't 
needed to use these voices in years. <laughs> but yes, yes, back in my radio days, I did uh, play Santa Claus on the air, and it sounded something like this. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and what would you like this year for Christmas, little boy? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so so we did that. The funny thing about that is is the station manager for years did that program. It was one of his, you know, pet projects. And and I used to tease him. I would mimic him off, you know, off uh, microphone and 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 uh, basically harass him. <laughs> and, and one day he said, you do such a good job of imitating me. Why don't you take over the show? I'm getting tired of doing it. And, um, uh, but you have to do it just exactly like I do it. You can't, you <laughs> oh, can't that's change right. the inflections. You can't change anything. Oh, no. uh, and, and you asked about, you asked about my bunny rabbit voice and, and, and that came out of a promotion. Uh, the radio station was doing uh, with, you know, with, with giant six foot tall stuffed, Easter bunnies and uh, and and a money giveaway, a cash giveaway attached to to each one of those, and so one day in in comes the sales manager and and, and can you do a, a a rabbit? And I'm like, huh? No kidding. You, you see him dressed up, but you don't ever hear him. They're always silent. Yeah. So how'd you do so, it? So, so so they they showed me the script and and I said, you know, I read it over and and it came out sounding something like this. Hi there. I'm the bunny with the bunny, the Easter bunny. I'm six feet tall and just listen to this. <laughs> That's perfect. And then, of course, in, in a straight voice, we would, you know, we, we'd read the rest of the, the commercial that, w- that supported that that uh, <laughs> that project. That's that's what I meant at the outset. When you asked me what's the, you know, the most fun, fun job I've ever had, radio hands down because mm-hmm. of the creativity. It was just, it was a kick every, every day, you know, you didn't know what you, what voice you'd be using, but it was fun. Right. <laughs> but it, it, but as you all know, radio, especially local radio is notoriously low paying. Oh yes. <laughs> I know. I know. And, uh, you're in a better field now, that's for sure. And you're helping people get to back and forth. So I'm just so excited that we've had not only the Easter Bunny, Jay, but we've had Santa Claus listening to our program today. <laughs> He's I, I joined know. Us. Can you believe it? I know. And thanks for listening to all of you. Clark, thanks so much for joining us. And we hope to talk to you again soon. And maybe for sure our 50th thing, plus one. Yes. Next time I'll bring my sleigh bells with me. Okay, perfect. <laughs> we'll be calling you back at Christmas time. <laughs> so listen, this week and every week to On the Road with MTA, Stephanie K and Jay to learn about what we have in the community for you. So stay safe and know that one day you might be riding with us and we hope to provide for you. You've been listening to On the Road with the MTA. For more information on our services and community outreach, visit us online anytime at www.mtaflint.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The MTA, your community, your connection, your way.